Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to come together to feast on your word. I recognize, oh God, all the study means absolutely nothing if you aren't magnified, if you aren't glorified, if you aren't exalted. Make me invisible so that you are visible. Allow me to be the oracle, the PA system of heaven. I pray, God, that those who came heavy will leave lighter. Those who came battling anxiety will leave with joy. We're not looking, God, for a service we want to encounter. We want a kingdom experience. So flood this atmosphere, oh God. Come in this house, get yourself some worship. Help us fix our hearts on the word that you have to speak to us. This isn't for our neighbor. This isn't for our mama and them. This is a word for us. Give us the heart and the humility to digest it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, amen. 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 What God is doing with, with this planted series, what God, not Jerry, I always pray publicly, publicly and privately, God make me invisible. I just want to be a vessel, nothing special. What God is doing with this one, this particular planted series, is absolutely amazing. Has this series been blessing anybody? Yeah. I firmly believe that it is impossible to sit under this word, watch this online, replay this rhema, and apply it, emphasis on application, because we learned here that information without application, y'all talk to me, no transformation. This series has been constructed and designed by the Holy Spirit to get us to produce results. But if we get this kingdom information, and in our life have no application, then you will see no divine transformation. And that's not on me, that's on you. I believe it's impossible to hear this word each and every week, feast on it, and leave and not grow. Not, not this one. Believe it or not, God does desire for us to be fruitful. God does desire for us to heal. God does desire for us to become. God does desire to take us to level to level. God does desire to take us from realm to realm. God does desire for us to see results. I know that this is true because in Psalms chapter 34 verse 8, the text tells us, Oh, taste and see. Don't just take my word for it. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't have to persuade you. Try for yourself. Oh, taste and see and experience the results of God's goodness. More Bible. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. God puts it this way. Test me on this. <laughs> try me. Put me to the test. And watch me open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing on your life that you can't even contain it. The blessing that God wants to release is going to be so massive, you won't even really have space to maintain it. Similar to what's happening in our church, the blessing that God is pouring is so massive, the walls can't even contain it. That's what I want to do in your life. I want you to grow. I want you to be planted, but not just planted on the outside, uh-oh, here it is, not just an appearance of Christianity on the outside, not just an appearance of faithfulness on the outside, I want you to be planted 
on the inside. Because the oil only flows on the authentic self. Not the presented, presented self. Not the posted self. No, the oil, meaning the anointing that God has for you, is reserved for the real you, not the presented you. Can I go a little deeper? The favor of God will never arrive at the address you pretend to be at. <laughs> the favor of God arrives at the address you really live at. I want you to be planted mature on the inside. Can I get somebody to say on the inside? On the inside. Our unborn son, Josiah. Josiah is a big baby. I'm being personal with y'all. Josiah, our unborn son, he's a big dude. Very big. When we had our last ultrasound, he's supposed to be at the 61st percentile. He's at the 87th percentile. He's a big baby. He's measuring two and a half weeks bigger than what he's supposed to be at Tanisha's current weeks. Y'all pray for Miss Flowers because she's carrying them. And so I was like, oh, this is good. And our doctor said, hold on, not necessarily. We need to do another ultra scan. I said, why? She said, we need to make sure that the size of the baby matches the size of the organs on the inside. I said, that happened? She said, yes. It's possible that the baby could grow faster and larger than the lungs, than the brain, than the heart. So we need to do another ultrasound so we can see, does his size match the size of his heart? Does his size match the size of his gallbladder, his intestines, his brain? We need to see all four chambers of the heart because just because he's large doesn't mean he's growing on the inside. This is good, y'all. And so, glory be to God, they checked and everything is how it's supposed to be. He's just a big baby. <laughs> his heart's the size it's supposed to be. His lungs are the size he's supposed to be. But he's just a little bit bigger than he's supposed to be. But everything is developing at the same rate that he's maturing. And I feel as though the Holy Spirit is using this series to say, okay, some of us are bigger on the outside than we appear to be on the inside. See, just because you have a big gift doesn't mean you can come in the second trimester. Just because you have a big calling doesn't mean you can come in week 20. You still need to go full term. And so the question that I asked our OB, I said, okay, listen, um, does this mean since he's bigger, he'll come earlier? And she said, no. He still has to go full term. We still go 39, 40 weeks. We still have to go full term. I wonder who's asking God to give them a stage because your gift is bigger, but your insides aren't. <laughs> it's like, I need to make sure that what you profess matches how you are internally. Because all of us seem to be staved until the wind blows. All of us seem to be strong until we go through a pandemic. All of us seem to love Jesus until somebody cuts you off on 290. All of us seem to, y'all don't want to talk to me. All of the men seem to love God until she walks by twitching something. All of us. But do you really have the maturity on the inside? On the inside. He's just a big baby.
And just because whatever it is you have, your gift, your business, your mind, just because you're great at it doesn't mean you're in the third trimester yet. So our foundational scriptures that I want us to consider, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, and then we're going to hop over to James chapter 5. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. If you don't have a tangible Bible, it will be projected for you on the screen and in the lower thirds online. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. If you're there, shout, I got it. It says, then he, this is speaking of Jesus, he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Please put a mental bookmark there. We're going to come back and visit that in a second. The disciples went to Jesus and said, what are you doing, bro? Wake up. Lord, save us. We're about to drown up in this mug. Save us. This is my version. I'm sorry. J-I-V. <laughs> we are going to drown. Jesus replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Y'all woke me up from my sleep. I was trying to take a nap. I told us on Therapy Thursday what naps are. They are necessary adult peace sessions. <laughs> I'm enjoying my nap. And y'all are waking me up. It's so much like the Lord. I'm going to wake you up and rebuke you. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. Now, James chapter 5, a little backdrop of this. He's just regurgitating an experience of Elijah. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three years. This was a form of judgment. And then later on, Elijah prayed for it to rain again, and it did. So we're just reading that one particular verse in James chapter 5, verse 18. It says, and he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, watch this, and the earth produced its fruit. The heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Church family, there are really two segments, two segments from our foundational text that I would like to bring to the podium for your consideration as we prep our heart for what God wants to speak to us about on today. And the first verse is verse 24 in Matthew chapter 8. There's a storm, but Jesus was sleeping. There's a storm. Matter of fact, not just a storm. The text says a furious storm. Certain translations say a great wind storm. Now, all of us on the third coast, all of us on the Gulf Coast, all of us who live in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, we understand that storms on water are hurricanes. And hurricanes consist of wind, hurricanes consist of rain, hurricanes consist of thunder and lightning. If you lived in Texas for any period of time, we know what a hurricane is like. 
We've gone through Hurricane Harvey. We've gone through Hurricane Ike. We've even gone through Tropical Storm Imelda and Tropical Storm Allison, depending on how old you are. You remember the great hurricane of 1983? Some of us, we just remember the tax day flood, the Memorial Day flood. We know what it's like to experience bad weather. Imagine all of that and Jesus is sleeping. It's raining, Jesus is resting. Adversity around him, he's resting. Hostility all around him, he's resting. Chaos all around him, he's resting. The winds are blowing, he's resting. The waves are banging, he's resting. Lightning flashing, he's resting. Jesus is showing us a picturesque portrait of what the peace that surpasses all of your understanding looks like. Because how in the midst of all of this are you still resting waves crashing in the boat Jesus is resting the boat is rocking Jesus is resting the disciples are leaning and Jesus is resting y'all caught that the boat is rocking the disciples are anyway y'all pray for me all of this rocking and leaning and Jesus is resting here's the question for you which one are you like during a storm are you like the boat that's shaking or like the king that's resting King is showing us this principle enjoy the rain enjoy the rain James chapter 5 says the heavens released the rain the earth produced its fruit it's raining Jesus is resting the heavens are sending rain and the plants are growing for anybody who's saying I want to produce fruit what you're really doing is praying for a storm be careful what you ask for Everybody who is saying, I want to grow in 2023, you're saying, God, send me some rain. Everybody who's saying, God, I want to become in 2023, you're saying, God, would you send some rain? God, I want to become in 2023, you're saying, God, could you please send me some rain? See, what, what God wants us to grasp on this afternoon is after you have understood that the power of the problem is in the routine, after you have understood that, after you have understood that I need to make a resolve to remain, even after the desire to remain has left, this is not the place you quit. This is not the place you fold. This is not the place you give up. This is not the place you walk away. This is not the place you throw in the towel. This is not the place you say, you know what? I just feel like quitting. It's because feelings aren't Lord. Did y'all hear what I just said? Somebody needs to write that down. Feelings aren't Lord. Jesus is. How you feel should be the lowest determining factor on if you're going to be planted or not. Feelings are wonderful visitors. They're terrible landlords. I'm not ruled by how I feel. Oh, I, I need to put my foot on this a little more. Who am I talking to? I know it's hard, but you can't quit. I know it's uncomfortable, but you can't quit. I know that you don't like it, but you can't quit. I know it's uncomfortable, but you can't quit. They're talking about you, but you can't quit. You don't see the fruit yet, but you can't quit. See, we're planted so that generations behind us can benefit from our fruit. 
The fruit is not just for you. It's for those coming behind you. And may it be said of us that we are the ancestors that left a legacy of fruit and godliness versus a legacy of trauma and debt. Can I get an amen? You're being planted is not just for you. It's also for those coming behind you. I want to see the fruit. Once we understand that the planting of now is married to the outcome of your next. Your now is tied. Your next is tied to what you're doing right now. Your next is directly connected to the decisions and the routines you have now because you cannot consume fruit from a season you were never planted. I need to say that one more time. Your next is married to the outcome of now. Your next is directly connected to the decisions and the routines that you have now because you cannot glean from fruit from a season you were never planted. Many of us don't even recognize we're asking God to give us fruit from a seed that we have never planted. Whatever you do now, right now, how you look in June of 2023 is tied to how you eat in January of 2023. Whatever you eat in private, you will wear in public. All right. God wants us to enjoy the rain. After you have understood to mind your own business. After you have understood, I, I can't be in John's business and in my business at the same time. After you have understood that, y'all seeing how the series is connecting. God is saying the next thing I need them to do is to learn how to enjoy the rain. Adversity, find peace in it. Trauma all around you, find peace in it. Not in the trauma, but you still have peace in me. Because I can't control all the time my atmosphere, but I can control what gets in on the inside of me. Peace is something that God wants us to possess on the inside. And so I was like, God, this is kind of funny. God uses bad weather to get us to produce good fruit. <laughs> I call it a divine collaboration. I'm going to use the bad to make you become fruitful. God, I want to grow. Here's a storm. God, I want to become, here's the storm. God uses the bad. See, some of us have been mislabeling our season. You think you're in a bad season. You're really experiencing bad weather. <laughs> it's not necessarily a bad season. It's just bad weather. And God uses bad weather conditions to get us to produce good fruit. The flowers of the field teach us something. If they could give a sermon, I believe this is what the title of their sermon would be. The rain is necessary. The rain is necessary. This, the summer that just passed in Houston was one of the driest summers that we had besides 2011. Farmers were on the news, ABC 13 saying, once you dig four to five feet deep and it's still dry, oh, we need some rain. This is what we've experienced here in our state. I wonder how many of us are experiencing that in the state of your spirit. Drought. 
Because every time it rains, you run. Every time you hear thunder, you quit. Every time there's adversity or they're talking about you, I have to get out of here. I block them. Sometimes, let them watch. That's free marketing. They're going to be instrumental in taking back the report that you won. Let them talk. Just tell them, keep watching. <laughs> keep watching because I understand what happens when I'm in the storm. And here's the difficult part. Carl, if you could put my chart up. Here's the difficult part. Problems always entangle themselves with promises. Problems always try to entangle themselves with the promise. See, I didn't even read this part. I taught a whole message about this last year in King Encounters. This one part, I didn't even read Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Verse 18, it says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. That's a whole word in itself. Because if Jesus said, we're going to the other side, it doesn't matter what you face along the way. He gave us the order, we're getting to the other side. But this is the problem. We all want the fruit. But we question God in the storm. So some of us this year, okay, I got to get planted. I got to get rooted. And I'm telling you prophetically, the only way you're going to get fruit is if you have rain. There's something that only a storm can teach you. Did y'all hear what I just said? You're not going to get this from a Sunday sermon. You're not going to get this from a devotional. You're not going to get this from a YouTube binge in your favorite sermon series. There's some things only storms can teach you. There's some things only rain can teach you. If you want to know what the rain is, here's an acronym for you to remember it by. The rain is removing all immature notions. That's the rain. God, I want to grow. Let me send you some rain to remove all of your immature notions. That petty, I'm trying to wash that away. That insecurity, I'm trying to wash that away. That laziness, I'm trying to wash that away. Giving up, I'm trying to wash that away. This is not just a storm. This is washing you. It's removing all of your immature notions, every perspective, every belief, every stance that doesn't line up with the scriptures. I want to remove that. Because you want fruit, right? Then will you enjoy the rain? Will you enjoy the rain? There's something that the plants and the flowers of the field teach us. And that is the rain is necessary. So many of us are struggling, battling depression. Because you don't see this is needed for that. I want it to grow. You got to have rain. You don't get fruit production without the storm. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for just a few moments. Enjoy the rain. Anybody who knows me personally knows I've been wearing this rubber band that says enjoy the rain since May of 2022. When the ministry started growing and People start sending DMs. I flew all the way in from this place, and I couldn't get into sanctuary, and I feel some type of way. You need to let people know if you're not preaching. And all of these comments that are happening, and we don't have places to park, and people are parking at Matsky, and some people are complaining about that. It's not nothing I could do about it because I can't make things grow. 
I can't make things grow. And so it's low-key giving me anxiety because I want all of us to fit in the sanctuary. And I'm talking to my mom about it. And I'm talking to my parents about it. And I had a conversation with this elder prominent pastor. And I said, all of these people are coming and they're they're saying stuff. And I, I don't know what to do. Because, you know, people don't mind crowds, but they just don't like being crowded. Right? Y'all try to move your elbows, you're bumping your neighbor right now. I'm like, people don't mind crowds, but, but pastor, they don't like being crowded. And he said, that's not true. Calm down. He said, calm down. People don't mind being crowded for an experience. He said, listen, they will go to a concert and it is crowded in the concert, it is hot in the concert. Somebody will be singing behind them, breath funky, all loud, and they'll be singing, that girl is a real crowd, please. They'll be singing. They don't care what anybody thinks about them because you don't mind being crowded for an experience. He said, you should know more than anything. In college, when you went to the club, it was crowded. It smelled like weed and black and mild and people were dancing and they didn't care that it was crowded. The girls would be minding her business and so some dude would come behind her like this. Am I telling the truth? Then the girl would kind of look back to see if he's cute or not. If he's cute, she's like, okay. <laughs> right? right? But then if she turns around, and sees that he has an interesting earth suit. That's the best way to see it, say it. If he has an interesting earth suit, she's like, no, it's okay, sir. It's okay. They don't mind being crowded for an experience. People will pack out arenas and stadiums cheering their favorite football team. And some people are so extreme where it could be frigid temperatures and they will take their shirt off, jelly roll all over the pants. They will paint on themselves the logo, the color of their favorite team. They don't care that it's negative two degrees. They don't care that it's crowded. They don't care that it's snowing. They are there cheering on their team. People don't mind being crowded for an experience he said young man they will pass thousands of churches just to come to this one if they could experience Jesus if they could experience chains being broken if they could experience the power of the gospel if they could experience the miraculous if they could experience strongholds breaking stop looking at that if they have an experience You can't buy this. You can't get this shipped to you. It is an organic, divine experience. I came here downcasted in my soul. I left with leaping in my faith. It's an experience. It's an experience. They don't mind. Do you remember Jesus was in the house and it was so crowded that they had to rip open the roof? They're not doing that at your church yet. It was so crowded that they said, whatever we have to do to experience, it's not your ministry anyway. It's about Jesus. You're stressing about people coming to him. He told us in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And God is raising up a generation who's hungry. God is raising up a generation who's desperate. God is raising up a generation of intercessors. God is raising up revival. They don't mind for an experience. 
And he said, the question is, young man, do you have something to say or not? Did God put a word in your belly or not? Did God put fire shut up in your bones or not? If he did, don't worry about anything else. Just preach the gospel. I had to listen to my own sermon. You follow me. So I went home super encouraged. And I prayed. I said, God, what? Okay, I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep on studying. I'm going to keep on being faithful. I'm going to keep on. What, what do I do in the middle of it? And he told me three words. Enjoy the rain. This is personal, y'all. This is personal. This has been sitting in my belly for about seven, eight months. And I'm finally getting the opportunity to preach it. He's saying, enjoy the rain. You know how many churches foreclosed and now you can't fit in, have enough space to fit everybody? Enjoy the rain. Parking problems, enjoy the rain. And what I need you to learn before you preach it eight months later, I need you to learn to stop complaining about the mud and focus on the fact that you're getting rain. Who am I preaching to this afternoon? Who's missing the rainbow because you're looking at the mud? It's a part of the rain. It's uncomfortable, but it's a part of the rain. Enjoy the rain. I want us to say this confession. And everybody watching, if you'll put this in the room in all caps, can I get us to say, Father, I want to get to the other side. So help me to enjoy the rain. This is necessary. One more time. Father, I want to get to the other side. So help me to enjoy the rain. This is necessary. This is necessary. This is necessary. This is necessary. Enjoy the rain. Adversity all around him. Winds blowing all around him. Thunder roaring all around him. But Jesus is resting. The heavens released the rain. And the earth produced its fruit. You don't get fruit without having rain. And many of us, what I've been really, really trying to get us to understand, a lot of people say, God, open the floodgates of heaven. <laughs> I don't really think you know what you're asking for. <laughs> a lot of people are saying, God, I want it to be my harvest season. If you know anything about farming, agriculture, and farmers will tell you the harvest season is the most strenuous season. It's the most difficult season. You sweat a lot in that season. You're uncomfortable in that season. I don't think we really know what we're asking for. When I heard the word in November of 2019, try me, and have this huge flag that you see when you leave the church that says, try me, it's because I heard God tell me, I need you to try me, and then later he said, now enjoy the rain. I don't think we really know what we're asking for. Everybody wants fruit, but then we despise the storm. Like we question God when it rains. We wonder, is he still there when it rains? We wonder, if he really loved me, why did this happen if it's raining? And I recognize 
why we have this posture. It's because in Western Hemisphere Christianity, we've been preaching so much about the God that blesses that we think sunshine is God and rain is Satan. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I just said? We preach so much about the blessing and the breakthrough that we think sunshine, oh, that's God. That's Yahweh. But rain, that's the devil. But even if you only have sunshine, you become a desert. A dull, unproductive, non-fruit-bearing place. You need the rain. Somebody say the rain. The rain, the rain. rain. And I tried to get us to understand every storm is not the same. Jonah was experiencing rain because he was rebellious. He was experiencing rain because God gave him an instruction. And since the instruction didn't sit well with him, somebody say my feelings. (laughs) Since the instruction didn't sit well with his feelings, he rebelled and so then he experienced rain. Every storm is not the same because Noah, he experienced rain because he was favored. Noah experienced rain because he was faithful. Which rain are you getting and why? Are you getting rain because you're like Jonah? Are you getting rain because you're like Noah? The rain. The rain. Everybody wants fruit. But then we despise and try to rebuke the rain. Maybe I'm trying to give confirmation to somebody. Whatever you've been praying against and rebuking it and it's not changing, maybe it's not the devil, it's God. You've been given the power to rebuke demons. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. But you have not been given the power to rebuke that which God is using as surgery. The thing that you're saying, God, take this away. No, I need to take something away from you. There's something that only the storm can teach us. And watch this church family. Without rain, even that which is planted experiences death. Did y'all hear me? You can be planted, but without rain, even the planted experiences death. Storms are necessary. I want to tell you what storms do. Number one, storms are the orientation for fruit production. You want to grow? Here's some rain. Storms are the orientation for fruit production. Number two, rain is the enrollment for the mature. Anybody who said, God, grow me this year, you're saying, send me rain. Because storms are enrollment for the mature. Number three, rain is the transportation system that takes us from underneath to above. This is so good. Rain is the transportation method that God takes us from being under to being over. A tree can't be over dirt that it once wasn't under. This is for anybody who wants to be a leader. If serving is beneath you, leading is beyond you. (laughs) The tree only stands over what it used to be under. I don't know why I can't get over this. Are you under the principles of Christ? Are you under the teachings of Jesus? Because if I'm not under the principles, I can't expect to get over principalities. I have to get under all the seed is is something that was once under and all a tree is is now i'm no longer under it i'm over it this is so good y'all i'm over it storms storms without 
this storm. You won't see the fruit. See, this is something I've learned. There's wisdom in between the raindrops. There's wisdom in between the raindrops. Come here, disciples. If y'all would not have gone through this storm, you would not have known that Jesus' presence is bigger than your problem. There's wisdom in between the raindrops. Once you have gone through a storm and you survive, the next time you face the next, another one, you're not as scared anymore. Because if God got me out of that, and I came out without smelling like smoke. If God got me out of that pandemic and I'm still here standing. If God caused me to heal from that ugly breakup and I'm still here because some of us are grieving over what was never yours. That was never God's will for you. That was never God's plan for you. That was never God's best for you. You didn't lose what God has for you. No, you lost what was blocking what God has for you. Change your perspective. There's wisdom in between the raindrops. I'm not as scary when I went through that storm and I survived it. See, I don't know how I missed this, y'all. I don't know how I missed this. I've read the whole Bible before several times. I've read the gospel several times. But I don't know how I missed that in Matthew chapter 8 and then in Matthew chapter 14, I see that Peter kind of grew a little bit. How I missed this? And they close to. In Matthew chapter 8, they're all terrified of a storm. But when the situation looks just like it did in Matthew chapter 14, Peter said, hold on, wait, 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 hold on a second. I've been through a storm before. And last time I was in a storm, Jesus told me, oh, ye of little faith. Okay, so since I went through that storm, if this is his presence again in this storm, I have a different expectation. I want to show y'all this, y'all. Matthew chapter 14. I don't know how I missed this, y'all. Matthew chapter 14. It says, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Certain translations say whirlwind or a great wind storm. Now, the fourth hour or in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. They cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, <laughs> Lord, if it's you, command for me to come to you. Peter was like, Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Matthew 8. We were in a storm, and we didn't drown, okay? The wind was blowing then, and we didn't drown. Okay, Matthew, all of y'all, Judas, you definitely be quiet. All of y'all, hold up. Hold up. If this is really him, last time it was him, he did the miraculous. So this time, if it is him, he going to do the miraculous again. But watch this. This time, I don't want to just see the miraculous. I want to participate. I want to participate. Don't just do the miraculous. If it's you, allow me to be a part of the miracle too. God, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. I remember what it was like when I went through the storm in 2017. I remember what it was like when I went through a storm in 2018. If you're the same God that was with me in my Matthew chapter 8, 
you're going to be the same God that's with me in my Matthew chapter 14. I guarantee you, Jesus starts smiling. Jesus starts smiling. Verse 29, Jesus said, come. I'm going to say, okay, I see you, Peter. What's up? Come on, I see you. So Peter, then he came down out of the boat. Down Thomas was probably like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. He steps out the boat and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, somebody say saw. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And I could just imagine Jesus reached out and saved him and said, Pete, you were doing it. Why did you doubt? You were walk. Did you see what you were doing? See, but here's the thing. When you walk by sight, when you walk by sight and not by faith, you miss the fact that I'm a water walker. I tried to tell us during Therapy Thursday, if I could be honest, my eyes, my heart, and my mind are not friends. They're not friends. I have to constantly war and tell my eyes to believe the promises of God that I have planted in my heart. I've made my confession and I believe in my heart. Eyes, we don't believe what we see. We believe the promises in here. Now, mine, meditate on that. And it's a conversation that I have to constantly have with my eyes, with my heart, and my mind, with my mind, with my eyes, and with my heart. We don't go off of what we see. If I was a note taker, I'd write this down. The prerequisite to being a water walker is you have to have he's the same God perspective. The prerequisite to being a water walker is you have to have he's the same God perspective. The same God who didn't let me drown in Matthew 8. He's the same God that's not going to allow me to drown in Matthew 14. He's the same God. Somebody shout, he's the same God. The same God that allowed me to keep my sanity when everything around me was going crazy. The same God who did that is the same God who's going to do this. The same God who gave us a building in 2008 when we were meeting in the Crown Plaza Hotel and people were having church services right next door to us and we were hearing them sing and hearing their drums play through the walls. The same God that heard us and gave us a building in 2008 is the same God who will give us a building now because we're running out of space he's the same God the same God that raised the revenue and raised the income when we needed six figures for this building and we didn't know how we were going to get it the same God who came through then is the same God who's going to come through now the same God the same God that allowed Hurricane Ike I'm preaching to you my experience church the same God that allowed Hurricane Ike to rip, the, to rip the roof off of this building and water is raining in the church. And I'm thinking like, God, we just got the building. Why would you let it rain in here? Now we got to clean all this stuff. It's the same God that allowed the insurance money to pay off the repairs and pay off the debt and pay off the remodeling. He's the same God. The same God that told me, try me. It's the same God that sees the parking spot limitations, that sees the seating limitations that sees it he's the same God and if you feel this in your spirit will you give God a same God praise you're the same God of Abraham you're the same God of Jacob you're the same God who got me through that you're the same God who healed me from that you're the same God 
Somebody shout, he's the same God. He's the same God. I was trying to get us to understand faithfulness is commitment to the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. My mother called me early Saturday morning and said, God told her, we've had too many experiences with him to be baffled by this. We've seen him faithful too much to be baffled by this. God is saying, you don't think I see the need? I'm the same God who gave your need in the last season. I'm the same God who's going to supply your need in this season. It may look bad, but I'm the same God. It may look scary, but I'm the same God. You look to me, not the wind. the same God I'm the same God and sometimes we have to remind ourselves the same God of Jacob the same God of Abraham the same God of David the same God of Moses he's the same God why are you baffled by what you're going through this is the prerequisite to be a water walker he's the same God see but here's the thing church the rain is needed for our growth the thunder is for intimidation purposes only. This is so good, y'all. I hopped on IG and I did a live on Friday. And I said, hey, I want to know, why do people give up? Why do people quit, especially in relationships? Because I was thinking about our relationship with God. I said, why do people walk away? Why, why do they give up? Why do they fold? The number one consistent answer was fear. We fear, what if they don't change? We fear, what if I made a bad pick? We fear, if what if this gets worse? It's fear. Fear. What if I told you, we've been focusing so much on the thunder, which is giving us the spirit of fear, that you're missing the rain that's giving you roots. This is so good. Fear. Fear. See, faith and fear both require for you to believe in something. Did y'all hear me? Faith and fear both require for you to believe in something. Let me tell you something about fear. Fear kills your harvest more than failure ever will. I fear failure. Trust me. Fear will kill your harvest more than failure ever will. Fear. Fear will make you stay in a place longer than the process ever will. All of us, we're in process. Fear will make you stay longer than the process ever intended it for it to be. Fear. Fear has burglarized more destinies than taking a risk ever has. This is powerful. Fear is burglarized. More destiny. You won't do it because you're scared to take a risk. You won't do it because you're scared to fail. God is looking for people who are willing to step out of the boat. Fear has burglarized more destinies than taking a risk ever will, ever has. It's not what you're not that's holding you back. It's what you think that you're not that is. This is so good, y'all. Somebody say, enjoy the rain. Enjoy the rain. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says, so let us... Stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on and become mature in our understanding. 
This is not God punishing you. We need a mature understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. The writer of Hebrews is saying, okay, we need to grow on from that. We're still struggling with the same exact sin in 2023 that we've been bound by in 2017. We should want to grow. We should have more, we should not have as many used to's, as many still do's than we do used to's. I want us to grow. We've heard sermons about stewarding your money. We've heard that. We've heard sermons about stewarding your heart and stewarding your relationships. But what about a sermon about steward your rain? Steward your storm. Whatever this storm is supposed to do, get all of it out of it. Stop praying, God, get me out of this. Start praying, what am I supposed to get out of this? Steward your storm. Steward your storm. The rain is inevitable. But misery from the mud is optional. It all depends on which one you look at. This is what I want us to remember. We see ourselves many times like this, just a seed. That's it. We see ourselves as a seed. But you know why the warfare is so intense? Carl, put the image of the forest up. The warfare is so intense because you see yourself as a seed, but heaven sees you as a forest. So the enemy is fighting you from a forest level to get this please get this get this please get it the enemy is fighting you from a forest level you don't understand because you see yourself as a seed level both heaven and hell don't see you as just a seed they see you as a forest but you don't go from this pine cone to this forest without rain now i'm gonna give you a little lesson this pine cone many of us have seen it stomped on it crushed it kicked it whatever but this is actually the reproductive organ of a pine tree. And so what pine trees do is when it's really, really, really cold, because the seeds are on the inside. Once it's really, really, really cold and the atmosphere is not conducive for what's on the inside of me, they close. Show this image, if you will, Carl, of the closed pine cone. They close. Even nature has enough sense to know every atmosphere doesn't need to get in me. Nature, this, this right here. Now you are brilliant, have intellectualism, all of that. Even nature knows this atmosphere is not conducive for what's on the inside. And it'll close. And these pine cones can stay on a tree for 14 years. 14 years. You know when they open like this? When it's hot. When it's humid, that's, there it is, heat. See, you're the only one that caught it. The heat makes you fruitful. When it's cold in the atmosphere that's not conducive, it closes. But when it's hot, when it's humid, the pine tree will open up its pine and let it drop. And the purpose of it dropping is because it wants wind. It wants wind to blow away the seeds that are on the inside. Research this. I study, y'all. 
The wind blows away the seeds. See, just because a squirrel comes and tries to break it doesn't take its seeds away. Just because you went through a crushing doesn't take its seeds away. Just because you went through hardship doesn't take its seeds away. It has enough sense to know I can endure all of this because this is just on the outside, but it's not messing up my inside. A pine cone. Some of us, you're never going to look at a pine cone the same again. It has enough sense to know when the atmosphere is not conducive, protect what you carry. But when it's hot, when it makes you sweat like this, when it makes you uncomfortable, then open up. Because now, usually warm air produces thunderstorms. And we need the wind to blow the seeds away. Whoever's been rebuking wind, I want to change your perspective. What if the wind is exactly what you need so that you could become, let's put the image of the forest back up, Carl. The wind is needed so you could become like this. Now, the reason God wants you to come like, become like this is because once you're a forest, now we can make houses. <laughs> this is so good. Now we can make tables. Now we can make centers because I could use what you've been through and I could use what you've become to multiply my kingdom. Somebody shout enjoy the rain. Rain in season is graduation season. That's all it is. Anytime you experience a storm and rain, God is saying it's time to graduate. It's time to graduate. Let me give you some points. Natural graduation, you get a cap and gown. But spiritual graduation, you get dirt and rain. <laughs> it's time to graduate. Number two, natural graduation, you walk across the stage. Spiritual graduation, your walk becomes a stage. This is so good. We got it twisted. We want a platform. God's like, no, I need your life to be my platform. It's not about walking or being on a stage. Had you made your marriage a stage? I wonder how many spouses God would send if we switched our prayer to God. I want to have a marriage you can stand on. I want it to be a stage for your glory. How many ministries would he allow to happen if we were like, I just want my ministry to be a stage? Natural graduation, you walk across the stage. Spiritual graduation, your walk becomes a stage. Number three, natural graduation comes with a degree, but spiritual graduation comes with adversity. It's time to graduate. It's time to graduate. Number four, natural graduations, you get gifts. We're so proud of you, class of whatever, such and such. Natural gra graduations, you get gifts. Spiritual graduations, you get oil. This is so good, Herbert. Number five, natural graduations, you throw your cap. Spiritual graduations close the gap. The gap. The gap. Now put the chart up for me one more time, Carl. The gap, the gap, the gap, the gap. Natural graduation, you throw your cap. But spiritual graduations close the gap. In between fruit and storms, it closes it. In between roots and rain, it closes it. In between seed form and roots, it closes it. Maybe your gap is so wide because you're resisting raining season. Raining season is graduation season. So how do you enjoy the rain? Three points. Number one, remember his presence. I believe that's what the real issue was. My perspective last year was Jesus wanted them to get to the other side, but studying this week, I believe the perspective God wants us to see is 
Y'all think I'm going to drown? <laughs> I'm in the boat with you. So Peter, Matthew, we all going to drown, including me. Remember my presence. Isaiah 43, verse 2, puts it this way. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. I'm rebuking you because you're looking at the problem more than my presence. Enjoy the rain. Remember his presence. Point number two, how do we enjoy the rain? Remember, this is required to cross over. I had to remind myself, all of this stuff that we're going through, good problems, it's required to cross over. It's required. The storm teaches you something that a sermon couldn't give you. What's on the other side of your storm? What's on the other side of you just being planted in one phase? It's fruit. Remember, this requires, this is required to cross over. And last point, remember the winds and the waves are for fear purposes only. The giants are never in the wilderness. They're always in the promised land. But they're there for intimidation, intimidation purposes only. No matter how bad your situation is, I'm not minimizing and everybody's storm is different. But what I do want you to remember is the thunder and the wind, they're just there to scare you. That's it. That's the part the enemy tries to do. But the rain, oh, we need that. We need that. I grow from stuff like this. Can I get somebody to say I'm built different? And everybody who desires to see fruit got to have rain and this is something that God put in my bosom seven eight months ago enjoy it be like me I was asleep Jesus is showing us what do you do when there's chaos all around you rest in me rest in me and before you allow yourself to get terrified remember the same God who got you through Matthew 8 is the same God that's with you in Matthew 14. Father, help us to always see your presence in the midst of our problem. We ask that you forgive us for all the times we've complained about the mud and complained about the rain and we're overlooking that we're growing. Some of us are so hard on ourselves. We don't even see the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit happening in our lives. Give us insight, not just sight. Sight with our eyes causes us to fear, but the eyes of our heart gives us a kingdom perspective. Help us to remember, you won't let us drown. And this is a necessary part of becoming the world changers, the ambassadors that you've called us to be. And right now, God, we thank you in advance. The finish line is not the only place we celebrate. If we're getting rain, it's because it's graduation season. And we'll pass the test 
In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you give God some praise in the house?